on this episode, I bring it to London. down here. We are at WeWork, an amazing company. Thrilled to be here. We are part of the WeWork family at VaynerMedia in San Francisco and on April 1st, VaynerMedia is coming to London. So I'm excited about this. Before we get into the show, DRock. Uh, one, we should have probably brought India. That was a mistake. Uh, and two, and two, uh, we will at some point have to have some conversations after we're done with the show with a bunch of you because I'm very excited now that we are in London, I've decided that it's time for me to actually cheer for properly a football team outside of the New York Jets. So, relax, relax, relax. Let me, London, let me give you my criteria. Here's my, here's my criteria. Number one, they have not won anything for 25 years or more. Number two, number two, number two, they need to have an all-time devastating loss that I have to watch with my own eyes. So so we'll do that later. Actually, that'll probably be the question of the day. What football team should I cheer for? All right, so, I think it's time to get into the show. I'm very excited. So I think we're gonna do it much like we did episode 100. D-Rock, we fucked this up. This should have been episode 200. Should have hustled a little bit more. Maybe if you didn't miss your flight to Australia. All right, let's do it. Who wants the first question? We got the mic back up here, so anyone around here? Where are we? Beautiful. Anybody? See that man right there? D-Rock, you zoom it in? Love it. What's your name, my friend? Colin. How are you? Very well, thanks. Good. Tremendous. What's your question? My question is, I uh, work in podcasting and it's a media that has been simmering on the cusp of being mainstream but never made it. How would you go about turning an idea like that, maybe podcast, maybe any idea, from being just below the awareness of mainstream culture into being a mainstream media. How would I turn podcasting itself into mainstream culture? Yeah, do that specifically if you like. Yeah, I mean, or do you mean your podcast? No, no, I mean Podcasting, yeah. I don't think that that's a very good idea. I don't think you go and make a consumption platform mainstream. I think what you do is you reverse engineer when things go mainstream and ride them. To me, 
I have no romance of platform. I don't have a romance to television or radio or mobile devices or social networks or podcasting or written form. What I have, what I have romance for is your collective attention and then riding those platforms. I mean, look, I was excited about podcasting with Odeo years ago when, you know, and it's been funny to watch when, you know, what's interesting about podcasting is I think it's about to get even far more mainstream as we start going into the smartification of cars and Bluetooth and those functions where people are gonna be really consuming these podcasts at scale while they're traveling. And so, you know, to me, for me, the thought of taking a consumption platform mainstream is A, way too big of a deal to actually pull off. B, it's pretty historic, my man. The written word, audio, and video are the platforms. Where they get delivered evolves. That, that didn't satisfy you. Let's, do you want it? Hold on, leave the mic. I don't leave any unsatisfied customers, at least when they're live. When you guys are watching, I mean, I can't figure it out, but while we're still here, go ahead. So, we need, we need more listeners though. I mean, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts. You need more listeners. No shit you need more listeners. Retailers need more shoppers. Painters need more people going to museums. That's not for you. One in five people, sorry, one in two people still don't know what podcast is. Who'd you choose? I wouldn't. This is the point. You can't force human beings to do what you want. What you have to do is respond to what they actually do. Got it? I wanted in 2006, 10 years ago, for more people to watch YouTube because I had the only show that was doing anything, but I couldn't force that. I want badly than more than 14% of money to be on e-commerce in America 20 years after I launched the e-commerce wine business, but I can't have that. Got it? So like, what you need to do is realize Podcasting's enormous. And I have a feeling that you're not podcast's father. I feel like you have podcasts within the ecosystem of podcasting and you should recognize there's plenty of attention for you to be successful, so why don't you win over the people that are actually there than worrying about everybody to get on it. Okay, well, uh, so everyone should listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's move. Thank you. You got it, brother. Let's move. Who's got a question? What do you think, D-Rock? That was good. I thought I was strong there. <laughs> How are you? Good to see you. Thanks for coming last night. Who, who made it out last night for the meetup? Much love. Thank you. Thank you. I would just like to ask any advice for you know myself. I'm 19 years old. Yes. Trying to make it in the business world. What would be your advice to people my age? Well, I mean, a lot. Uh, you know, I, I think the number one piece of advice I have for a 19 year old is always patience. I think for a lot of us here, most of us, not everybody, there's some youngsters in the crowd, but we've all been there. And I think the impatience so many of us have at 19 tends to be the detrimental aspect of our personality. I think there's way too much wanting it now, 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 which then leads to very short-term behavior. And I always say to a lot of my friends, I'm like, look, there's a very big difference between being rich and being wealthy if we're talking about money within the context of the business. And really, normally, it's predicated on people that are thinking in a 20 or 30 year window versus people that are thinking in a 20 or 30 minute window. 
And so I've been very concerned, and a lot of you have seen this for me because you're not here if you don't have, know some of my spiel. I've been pushing very hard against these 22 and 23 year old business and life coaches who are on Instagram selling a bullshit lifestyle and trying to get people into their mastermind and fucking $800 eBooks. Um, and, and the reason so many of you 19 year olds, the market, are falling for it is because you want it now. You know, I can only speak from the advice, I can only give advice that I took myself. I built a business from three to $60 million and more specifically from three to $25 million in a three year window as a kid and building a business from three to 25 and it's yours to then also pay myself at that time still $40,000 a year is me eating my own dog food. I was patient. I was putting every one of those dollars back into the business because I knew that it wasn't over at 26 or 28 or 32. So many of you, as you build something, are extracting dollars out so you can buy things. Like dumb fucking watches and, and like a car and just dumb shit instead of putting that money back into the business because you're building something long term. So my number one piece of advice at 19 is one, patience. It is, at, I'm still patient and I'm old. I'm fucking 40. And I'm old, maybe not to some of you, but I'm, I mean, do you remember when you were 19? I thought people died at 40. So, 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 so I think that, I think patience, I think you need to understand that you're not entitled to shit. You know, I think a lot of people at a younger age have this fascination, and not millennials, when us 40 year olds were 19, when us 60 year olds were 19, there's an entitlement early on because the market hasn't punched you in the mouth yet, right? And so people think that, I mean this, and especially right now, just because you start a business doesn't mean you're entitled to winning. Right, it's insanity. Everybody thinks you just get to say you're an entrepreneur and then good shit happens. I mean, the data's against you. 98% of you are gonna fail hard and go work for the man. That's right, the market says you. 98 out of 100 times. So why all of a sudden, because there was a social network, the movie, and because Shark Tank and Lion's Den and all this shit, everybody thinks anybody can do it. So patience, betting on your strengths, figure out who the you are, right? Listen, learn, and don't, let me promise you two things. There's no nine week process to make money, right? There's no seven figure expert that's gonna show you the way. It's hard work. Let's move it. I like it, I like, I like how you're running around there. We're in the back. And then we'll get to the front. Can I see some hands on this side? Anybody? Back left hands. Anybody got some back left hands? There's some. Nothing. People make me run, bro. I mean, if you call that running, you're super out of shape, bro. <laughs> that seemed like a super slow skip. Hello, darling. Hi, Gary. It's Gabrielle Voices. I know who you are all the time. Good to see you, Gab. I've got a question that you have never ever been asked before. Okay. Yeah, I do. Stay with me, stay with me. Okay. Would you like a special banana? Yes. Because nobody eats a banana like that. Nobody. I love it. Let's clap it up for the banana. Nobody, D-Rock. Also, can I ask you a question? Yes, this, by the way, for a lot of you that only watch the Ask Gary Vee show, 
This comes from what I'm putting out on Snapchat. So if you're not following, follow. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, do you know Desert Island Discs? Desert Island Discs? No. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> Northern. Northern. Yeah. Um, Guys, this isn't the fucking biz dev with each other <laughs> show. Well, to ask every show. You can only take three apps with you. Which apps would you take to bring you joy? Or Instagram number one because it's soft porn and I need that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, we're gonna keep it real, right? Um, am I, is, I didn't really hear it, Desert Island? Desert yeah. Island, yeah. yeah. So you got three apps. Instagram, soft porn, one. Um, uh, apps? I mean, Safari, so I'd have the entire internet. <laughs> I'd, I'd be set. Uh, and I mean, I wouldn't need anything after that. Um, and probably, uh, I'm probably, <laughs> I mean, if there was only one other dude on the island, Grinder would be right. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I, I would say, and probably Messenger, right? Like the default Messenger thing. Just communication tools. Cool. Thank you. Let's do it. Who's got a question? <laughs> Grinder. <laughs> that was really well done. Hey, How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Good. Stand up, brother. What's your name? Ed. Ed. Simple question. Good. You're very face to face and hands on with people. You are. You are. I am, yes. <laughs> so, how do you feel about remote workers? I'm not into it. Okay. Now, it is a massively proven successful way to go about doing business. I wish my homie Jason Freed, the founder of 37 Signals, was sitting here. He'd punch me directly in the mouth and he would be right because for Jason Fried and DHH, the way they built their company, or Matt Mullenweg, who's built a billion dollar company, Automatic WordPress, they have built it on absolute only remote operators and employees. I, for me, self-awareness, Gary Vaynerchuk, don't like it. I, I don't even like having satellite offices. Right, like I don't like it. I wanna, I wanna be very hands-on. I'm very touchy-feely. I scale and build my business by walking by people's desks and can feel the, I literally sometimes go to the bathroom to take a piss, right? Walk, walk by somebody, don't like the way it felt, and as I'm going to take a piss, text my HR company, I'm like, I need to see Rick for five minutes. That's literally how I built my company. That's how I built my companies. I'm built on EQ. It's funny, when everybody said social media was like not human and it's bad for, the reason I know, the reason I'm so optimistic about social media or technology is technology is a gateway drug to human connection. I know it because I only live on human connection. I just use that stuff to scale. Without social media and technology, there wouldn't have been one person on the corner of that street last night, let alone 300. I used it to have the three and a half hours I had with all of you last night, one by one by one, because of it. It was the enabler. Now, remote workers could do that, but for me, to be successful, I really like the idea of having it 
together. Team dynamics. I'm a guy that loves sports, clearly. I like team dynamics. It's not for me. I don't like when people work from, we had to force people to work from home for a year because we were growing so fast and we ran out of space and fire codes and everything and it was the worst year. I hated it. You know, I don't feel that people are as productive. I don't give a what you say. I don't believe you, right? (laughs) You know, and so, like, I don't like it. Like, and so, it's not for me as an operator to run a company for me. But for a lot of people, it could be great. I will never build a company that has remote employees at scale, ever. It will never happen. Cool, you got it. Let's let's get up here. Let's get some peeps up here. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, get over here. Great running, bro. The book Thank You Economy was so focused on other people and listening and like going through people's Twitter feed, finding stuff they were interested in, responding to that. Yes. You've now evolved to a book called Ask Gary Vee. Yes. And it's very much your show is now focused on you and your world. Not true. All at, it's all listening. What shift? Nothing shifted. shifted. Think about what you just said. Let's break it down. Ask Gary Vee is completely predicated on me listening to you first. (laughs) No, it's true. That's not the sense I get. I've been following you for a while. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. I felt a shift, and the shift was very much it's all about you. Yep. To a little bit about it's all about me. Yeah. Well, then I'm doing a poor job. Like. You know, I I totally understand because how could I argue that if that's what you feel? So so maybe my bad job was the, you know, like the tactic of it being ask Gary Vee instead of ask everybody, right? Maybe it's something like that. I don't know, man. Like I've never felt like I've been able to provide more value than I'm doing right now. Maybe the positioning, maybe just what's going on with the positioning is throwing it off, but I've never been at the scale of engagement. So thank you, Economy. It, you know, I really feel like this is an absolute evolution of it because uh, instead of me putting out content that I want to put out, it's completely predicated on everybody else, right? I'm answering and engaging more than I ever have. I'm producing more about myself than ever and maybe that's the shift, right? Never had D-Rock following me around. So I have empathy for where you're going with it. And by the way, yeah. the, reason, the reason I ask is yeah. a lot of people ask me, this whole question about how do you shift the focus from being in the spotlight and being a self-promoter yes. to actually standing for something and being a cause and being, yes. being you, know, some, you know, someone who's out there in the world trying to push a movement yes. to push something forward. Yes. And, and I've been asked that same question. Yes. And so you're worried that I'm going in the wrong direction. No, no, no I, I mean. I'm, I'm asking, by the way, I'm a big boy. Like, I'm, I respect. A, I was wondering whether there was a deliberate shift. Yeah. B, I was wondering whether, like I've worked with some of the biggest speakers in the world and okay. there's always a shift. Okay. Where they basically go from being completely humble about yeah. the fact that everyone's showing up to yeah. a little bit in the, in the zone of, in the, in, the, in the tornado that you're now in, 300 people showing up, people queuing up down to the, the thing. Dude, yeah. No, listen, I think it's a great question. I think it's a very fair question. Keep the mic because we're still jamming. I think that, um, I think that, number one, I've always been egotistical and, and, and humble at the same time. Like, I built a $65 million business as a kid before I came out and did anything. I had plenty of ego before I even did that, right? I think that, it, you know, to me, I think that um, I never worry about this, and I'll explain why. I always know what my intent is. 
I only think the giving has exploded more of the attention because I'm doing it even better. Like, I think the reason there's more of this going on is because I've done it better with Ask Gary Vee because I've given more than I used to, believe it or not, because I created structure around the giving. You know, I, I so much have empathy for where you're going. I'm not too worried about it because all those people that you're talking about, I don't think they go and spend three and a half hours in the corner, you know? I don't. a little bit of a better yeah. question. When things blow up, when yes. things go absolutely the way they've gone for you, yes. it goes exponential. Yes. How do you then find your center? I feel centered, man. I, you know, I, you know, I think. Look, I think it depends what one cares about, right? So, for example, I wish we really deeply knew each other because if you can't, if you lived in my brain, you would be flabbergasted by how much money I leave on the table. If my CFO was sitting here, he would, he, you know, it, the, you know, it's so insane how people that are closer to me, who actually have access. Like when DRock was a fan and wanted to make a video versus DRock today who has access, right? DRock likes me so much more because he knows the truths behind your question, right? I can't worry about it because I know it ebbs and flows, right? Like there was a t- you know an early time in Web 2.0 where I really had it at South by it was I was one of two or three people. Then I decided I needed to build another business to have the audacity to talk to people about business, so I got quiet if you think about it, for me between 11 to 14, right? Then I was like, wait a minute, like I think I've re- like, I really learned a lot. Let me go into a Q&A show because when I was doing keynotes, my Q&A part was where people really liked it. And instead of me saying that I want to talk about social networks or this stuff, let's see what they want, right? So, you know, like, listen, I know the biggest speaker in personal brands too. I have not made my money in that environment. I've, you know, when you go list everybody you're about to list, I've made way more of my money building actual businesses. I mean, if my CFO or if my accountant were here, they hate that I do this. They're like, you build businesses. Vayner's gone from four to 100 million in revenue. You will make more money in a month if you, if you don't stop speaking, stop writing books, stop doing this. I don't want to, I like this. I, I, I do this more out of the vanity of I like the interaction and I like the feeling it feels to be loved like this because my mom loved me so much. I'm not, I'm, again, it's very important to me. The other big speakers don't have businesses that are built to make money not off that audience. I don't want anything from you. It's a, it's a big deal, right? It's a big point. I'm, everybody else you're about to name, they want his money. I don't. Every three years, I say, can you buy something for 18 bucks? Right? And even then, if he doesn't, do you know how, what it feels like to answer emails at three in the morning all day, engage, put out the content, I know you do, and then when you start promoting for five or six weeks an $18 book, not a $25,000 a year mastermind, not an $800 ebook, but an $18 book, and then somebody comments like, Gary V, you're a little much on promotion. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, like, and, then, and then I get crazy, because I'm crazy, and I'll click that person and I'll go look, and this is paying some guy $10,000 to be his coach. Who's a loser? <laughs> Got it? So, and, and, I, and I appreciate you, and the reason I wanted to jam was in dialogue, when we get to that punchline, it becomes important. And I appreciate you giving kind of that feedback of, I, I don't, for me to be all about me for them, the right move is then to take money from them. 
That's the move that you're referring to in that like speaker world. That's what they try to do. They try to monetize their audience. I'm not, right? I'm looking for legacy. I'm looking for legacy. I want their emails in nine years. That's what gets me off. I've made a lot of money. You know, I've made a lot of money already. Like, money is not driving me. I'm gonna get that. I did that before I came onto the scene. I'll get that when I'm quiet, right? Like, I like the interaction. I like the legacy. I like the feeling. I like people liking me. I, I've got that vanity, for sure. But don't let that vanity confuse that I'm trying to do something wrong and take the dollars. And that's a different thing. And so, the reason I never worry about, well, it's all about, of course it's all about me. And it's equally all about you. And I think that, the way people consume me is a reflection of where they're at with themselves and that's how I use it to navigate, you know? That's, that's it? Can I get one more? We can do one more, Rod, we can do one more. Thank you, brother. All right, one more. This beautiful lady right here. There we go, right there. Well, you don't call her a woman? What do you mean, what do you mean what the hell? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Real quick, this woman bullshit, did you see that woman? That's a woman, she asked. Yeah, don't come with that bullshit. Well, fuck, what do you want me to force people to walk in here? <laughs> listen, let's, let's go on the street. Listen, I wish this whole room was fucking women. Go ahead. Thank you. You're welcome. And you know what the total price of that was? Zero dollars. <laughs> spending all my time trying to figure out how I'm gonna come to the bloody UK, right? Like, like, so I'm with you. They're all different and there's context. I respect that. Here's my question. My question is, have you tried yet to recruit for US consumers? Yeah, we have, but we're not sure. I mean, it's legality is very different, so contracts and legal stuff is very different in the US than it is in the UK. That's fine, we can deal with that. But with Facebook marketing, social media marketing, do we need to be targeting different people, different elements? Have you done it? No. Well, that's the first problem. <laughs> the first, and this is why I'm going down this but path. Do we need to have like a, a you're doing, you're doing classic non-US business coming to the US mentality. This is where I'm going, let me explain. 
There is an inferiority complex to businesses that are based outside of the US when they come to the US because people know the US is a very big market. It's a very competitive market. And I always tell my entrepreneur friends of all shapes and sizes that when you come to the US, if you're good enough, you're gonna win, right? I think what, what the reason I was going down the path of my questions is you've already made assumptions without actually doing it. You have. You've made. Change the whole face of the business? No, I do not. Here's some good news. I have no fucking idea, but first you gotta try to figure out if you have to do that. Like, like, like that's what I was able to sense. Like, you have to go first execute your model before psyching yourself out that your model won't work there because it's different. Yeah. That's what you've done. Did to get here, here, well then you don't know. You need to run that blueprint. Everybody's telling me like, Gary, you gotta run a different blueprint in the UK. I'm like, you. I'm gonna run, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write, I'm gonna run my blueprint now. If the market says fuck you back, then I'll adjust. So Gary, why are people saying that to you? Why do you need to do a different blueprint in the UK? Well, they say that in the UK, you know, there's, you know, American businesses come and they're a little too American and you gotta make sure you have your humility and I'm like, that's a problem because I'm too American for Americans. <laughs> um, you know, and just classic stuff like that. It's different. This is what everybody does. Everybody does it because it comes from a sense of pride. Americans are gonna tell you it's different because they're prideful that America's so competitive. It's not different, you just have to be good. So we just need to be bloody brave. Bloody brave. brave. You know what's funny? And just go for it. We well, forget about that. First you have to just do it. Yeah, just do it. You can do it, you don't even have to be brave. You just have to do it so you can taste it to see what and how you need to adjust. Yeah, we're doing it here, we're cool. So do it there. I think so. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right. That's it for this part. London, thank you so much. Let's clap it up for each other and each other's questions. Question of the day. What English Premier League team should I support? You keep asking questions, I'll keep answering them.